0: Hello and welcome to Stratt News Global. I am Subrat Nanda and joining me is Sushant Sareen, Senior Fellow with the Observer Research Foundation to discuss the developments vis-a-vis Afghanistan. Mr. Sareen, welcome to the program. Thanks, Subrat. Half the members of the Taliban government are under UN sanctions. Some are already designated global terrorists. How will this work going forward? Can other countries deal with them?
1: Well, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I haven't seen any real outrage by governments around the world to the list of names of actually extremely wanted people who are now going to form the cabinet in Afghanistan. Now, you know, some people are rationalizing it as it's just a temporary arrangement, or this is an interim government, because most of the people are holding an acting charge. But... uh, Even in 1996, most people were holding an acting charge and they continued in power for many years. So we don't know how long this acting will go on. And I use the word acting will go on quite uh, advisedly. So that is one. But that is, I think, very fallacious rationalization of what has happened. More importantly, I think it is the lack of reaction. You know, for example, if you look at the way the State Department has reacted, they are more worried about the fact that uh, there are no women in the cabinet than about the fact that some of the most wanted people in the FBI list have been made uh, part of the cabinet. UN-designated terrorists are there uh, as part of this cabinet. In fact, the man heading it is a wanted terrorist. Now, the Taliban are, of course, brazening it out. But it seems that the lack of reaction from the Americans and from most other countries around the world seems to suggest that, you know, they are kind of pretty blase about what has happened. Now, we don't know whether after their nomination, you know, the UN sanctions uh, will be lifted on all these people. All of that is in the realm of the unknown right now. But I think there are certain alarm bells which should be going out because if the Americans and the others are now ready to uh, do business with terrorists because they say that uh, they will now cooperate with the the Haqqani network, the Taliban, and perhaps even the Al-Qaeda to fight terrorism, then what terrorism are they talking about? What terrorism are they going to fight anymore? The ISKP is an over-exaggerated threat. The Al-Qaeda remains a, a potent organization. It had, In fact, its footprint has spread across the world. And various chapters of the Al-Qaeda from around the world have been congratulating the Taliban. There are reports that some of these terror groups and uh, people associated with them are uh, trying to come to Afghanistan because they want to live under the Taliban rule. So I don't know what remains of the fight against terrorism. If terrorists are going to be accommodated and whitewashed, the way it is happening. So uh, there is a serious concern on that. And for all you know, you might see, uh, you know, the Americans and the Western countries say that, okay, fine, you know, these guys were terrorists as long as they were fighting against us and we were fighting against them. And now that the war is over, they're not terrorists anymore. But that might be all right for the Americans to say. But, uh, you know, India, which is, in the, in a manner of speaking, in the eye of the storm, because uh, we have serious apprehension that many of these terrorists are likely to, you know, flow into India, uh, or rather pushed into India by the Pakistanis. I think it's a matter of serious concern for us. And I really think that uh, we should uh, be pretty agitated about uh, what's happening inside Afghanistan right now.
0: Secretary of State Blinken says the U.S. could work with the Taliban government if it upholds basic rights. It doesn't define what those rights are. Isn't it bizarre, given that the world's most powerful nation that fought a two-decade war had to ultimately pack its bag and leave
1: Afghanistan? So I'm not sure whether, you know, this talk which is coming out of the United States, it's because the U.S. is for now in a bit of a sticky situation. Uh, You know, there are still US citizens caught up in Afghanistan. They're trying to get them out. Uh, Evacuations haven't yet been completed. There are apparently, uh, you know, some negotiations going on uh, to get people who are uh, entitled to the special immigration visas to come out, people who are dual citizens to be allowed out of Afghanistan so that they can uh, go back to America or whichever country they belong to. Now, it is possible that uh, some of this talk which is coming from the American side is because uh, they are in a bit of a bind. But it is also possible that the Americans are actually serious in what they are saying. But then, of course, the question is, which you very correctly ask: what are these basic rights they are talking about? If you look at the entire the interview which Mr. Blinken has given to Tolo News and which you people have carried on your website, if you look at that carefully... Uh, He defines basic rights as things which are anathema to the Taliban. He's talking about representation, he's talking about some kind of democratic rights, basic human rights, universal declaration of human rights, and all of that. I don't think that the Taliban subscribe to any of that. Uh, I'm sure that Mr. Blinken also knows that. So I'm left wondering as to what exactly does he mean by this, which is why I'm in a bit of a quandary whether it is the bind which is making them say these things But then why do they have to say all this? Uh, You know, surely uh, the Americans have enough intellectual capital to be able to uh, say something which is not very harsh and yet which actually uh, makes their position clear of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. To speak with the kind of ambiguity they've been speaking does raise certain doubts on uh, what exactly they are uh, going towards, what exactly they are moving towards. Are they moving towards some kind of an accommodation? Do they actually think they'll be able to work with the Taliban? Do they think the Taliban are now, you know, the good Taliban and it's the bad ISKP? Uh, what are they getting at? So I think there are very serious questions which are rising now over the American attitude. Because whether we like it or not, the Americans do define uh, and, uh, you know, in a sense, act as a kind of a guide for a lot of the other world. So I think serious questions are going to arise if the Americans are actually going to start according recognition or enter into some degree of accommodation with a regime like the Taliban. So I think those questions are bound to be asked. And uh, if that happens, that they do get into accommodation with the Taliban then uh, I think American credibility and American reliability will come under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of questions will be asked about getting into any kind of an embrace with the Americans.
0: The India-US strategic partnership was nowhere in play when the US left Afghanistan without giving a thought to India's strategic interests. How should India be
1: dealing with such a power? I think those questions are bound to arise. Now, one way of again rationalizing this is to say that, look, You know, our interests are uh, of a very wide nature. And yes, uh, we might not have agreed uh, on how things should go down in Afghanistan. But, uh, you know, we agree on many other things. So, you know, let's learn to live with things we don't agree on. And let's learn to work together on things which we agree on. Uh, That is one way of looking at it. But the problem is going to be that uh, what has happened in Afghanistan cuts very close to home as far as India is concerned. Now, a bigger concern will be that it is one thing for the Americans to abandon Afghanistan. You know, we can we can say whatever we want to say about it, but that's a separate issue. But I think a bigger issue as far as India is concerned is that if after having abandoned Afghanistan, the Americans start strengthening by a way of giving aid, assistance, plowing money, perhaps entering into intelligence sharing and security cooperation in the quote-unquote fight against terrorism with people who are actually terrorists. Then um, I think uh, questions need to be asked in New Delhi as to whether we can actually deal with the Americans because effectively what that means is that the Americans are funding terror states which are going to be inflicting terrorist wars on India. And I think that is a serious concern as far as India is concerned. Because if the Americans are going to be pretending to be our partners east of India, but actually strengthening our enemies west of India, uh, then I think India will be in a very serious quandary. And uh, this is something that we need to take up with the Americans uh, very uh, strongly. You know, I can understand that. Uh, you know, the compulsions which we spoke about a little earlier, that those will be probably weighing upon the Americans for a little bit of time. I I completely understand that. And I think everybody in the Indian establishment will understand. It. But if, you know, you see the Americans entering into security cooperation and then funneling billions of dollars to these uh, characters... Uh, then it's going to be a a completely different ballgame as far as India is concerned. And I don't see how uh, we can just uh, let that happen without making a big song and dance about it. Because uh, at the end of the day, it has a very, very serious and a deleterious effect on India's security. And the Americans, if they profess to be our uh, strategic partners, then uh, surely... uh, They cannot be undermining either the strategic partnership or India's very serious security concerns on uh, something like this. Now, on the other hand, of course, if we see that the Americans are uh, imposing sanctions or penalizing or taking action against uh, both the Pakistanis as well as uh, the uh, Afghans or rather the Taliban, not the Afghans, then, of course... uh, you know, uh, the strategic partnership gets further strengthened and deepened.
0: This week, we first had the CIA chief in Delhi, followed by the Russian NSA. What are both countries looking for?
1: Look, I'm not privy to what they're looking for. And I'm not privy to what their conversations were. But uh, I can just make an educated guess. And I would imagine that the Americans are probably trying to you know, address some of our concerns. At least that's, like I said, it's an educated case. I'm speculating. So they could be uh, getting into this thing of, uh, you know, addressing some of our concerns and explaining some of their positions and perhaps even coordinating uh, some of the steps which we uh, might be wanting to take together, you know, in this region. So that is one, because I think the Americans would have been informed uh, to some extent of our very serious concerns. Uh, with the Russians, again, the conversations would be very different because the Russians have been backing the Taliban all along. all. And there are reports uh, which, of course, have been denied, but nevertheless, they have persisted of the Russians even giving arms and uh, all kinds of other assistance to the Taliban. Uh, There are also serious concerns of, uh, you know, the Russians now entering into new strategic alignments, which again uh, impact our uh, strategic interests and our uh, security interests. And I'm talking about the PRICS, which is basically Pakistan, Russia, Iran and China. Although the the Russians kind of deny it, that any such grouping is in the offing, but You know, we've been hearing this for a fair bit of time and increasingly it seems that this could become a reality. Now, one could be that, you know, we are discussing all of that and the Russians don't exactly want to lose us as allies and as friends of very long standing. So that could be one. The other could be that we are, you know, uh, also looking at the flip side of what the Russians might do. Because uh, while the Russians have been cooperating with the uh, Taliban and, you know, supporting them in many ways, Uh, They also have very serious concerns about what happens in Afghanistan because that impacts upon their interests in Central Asia and in uh, uh, certain Muslim communities within Russia. So I think those concerns are also going to be there. So perhaps the Russians are kind of hedging their bets. Like I said, I don't know. But we'll have to wait and see. I think we will get to know uh, in maybe the coming few days, weeks, uh, perhaps months, on the kind of positions which uh, different countries start taking. Uh, And then maybe we can make sense of what these visits were all about. Because if you look at the Russians, at least you look at what Tajikistan is saying or doing, it seems that they have deep skepticism about what the Taliban stand for, correctly so. I think uh, we have seen noises coming out of Iran now, who also supported the Taliban, for a fair bit of time, in all sorts of ways. And we are now seeing uh, the Iranians expressing their anger over what has been happening inside Afghanistan, in Kabul, as well as in Panjshir. And uh, the Tajiks could not have done what they were doing without some kind of a nod and a wink and a nudge from uh, the Russians to them. Uh, So clearly, uh, all is not well. You know, so maybe, you know, both sides, the Russians and the Indians were talking to each other to see how this cookie is likely to crumble.
0: Do you think the Taliban
1: can actually run a government? No, it depends on uh, what exactly is somebody's definition of a government. Now, if you mean a modern nation state with all the paraphernalia and all the accoutrements which go into making of a modern nation state, then... uh, There's absolutely no question that they cannot run it. So it's pretty clear that it's not going to happen. They don't have the expertise. They don't have the technical qualifications. They don't even have the damn education. They might have low cunning and they might have been able to, you know, orchestrate a win in a war. But that's about it. If you are talking about uh, running some kind of a medieval, you know, 6th, 7th century kind of a state, then I suppose that, yes, what does it take to run a state like that? I think that kind of a state they can run. For example, they ran a state between uh, 96 and 2001. uh, And uh, it was in the Stone Ages anyways, that particular state. It had the peace of the graveyard. It was brutal. It was vicious. At that kind of a state, they can run. On that note, Mr. Serene, thanks very much for your time.
0: Thanks a